Hi, welcome back to The Verge Cast from Verge Now, a resource for creative and innovative ministry leaders. I'm Lisa Smith, the pastor and artistic director at Convergence, a creative community of faith in Alexandria, Virginia. And today I'm here with Eric Martinez Resley from The Sanctuaries in DC. Thanks for being with us. Grateful to be here. <laughs> so um, I invited you to be a, a part of this conversation because we at Convergence are in the process of reimagining worship and soulful community for ourselves. Mm. And I think that that is a project that probably a lot of people are engaged in at this time. Uh, we we received a grant from the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship to explore this, and we've been looking at the How We Gather reports out of Harvard and the book The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, and The Sanctuaries was featured in the How We Gather reports. So I wanted to... Um, get a chance to talk with you. I've actually wanted to have a chance to talk with you and we just, I just haven't ever made it happen because you guys are right next door. And there is so much about what you're doing that is really, I think we have an affinity um, and possibly a connection there. So thank you again so much for being here. Um, let's just start off with what what is The Sanctuaries? Well received and thank you so much for inviting us um, to be part of this larger conversation, this larger movement. I mean, that gives me a lot of hope because um, it can feel lonely at times, for sure, in this work. The Sanctuaries um, started as um, a community um, for artists and created by artists of different racial and religious and artistic backgrounds who are really seeking a community of care and support. We've grown a lot since then, mm -hmm. and uh, we're now a nonprofit training community that really activates and equips artists um, of different faith backgrounds, artists of different artistic backgrounds, to use their passions mm -hmm. and their tools and their strategies to heal social divides and to advance social change. And that takes the form of grassroots organizing, that takes the form of public advocacy, that takes the form of working with many of the large social movements that come to town here in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C. So we recognize that social change looks many different ways. We take a broaden the bandwidth approach. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we believe that artists in general and artists who are spiritually grounded and clear um, with themselves and with each other about what guides and motivates mm -hmm. their work is desperate, like that's needed yeah. right now in this work. Absolutely. Well, so y you were talking about the the expansion or growth or shift that you're in. What what was sort of the, the need or the impetus for beginning the sanctuaries to be in with? And what are you seeing that's leading you in this this direction now? When we started sanctuaries, there were about 15 or 20 of us, um, all kind of living in different parts of the city. I'd say about half of us were from DC and the other half of us were from elsewhere, but really trying to make a home in mm -hmm. DC. Um, DC, of course, being like so many major cities, a rapidly gentrifying city and mm -hmm. being a historically black city, chocolate city, um, there is a lot of tension for very good reason mm -hmm. um, around that. And so we were really trying to create a community that actually reflected the demographics of Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. um, culturally, racially, religiously, um, and offer each other care and support. It 
can be hard and lonely and um, yeah, just such a struggle, such a hustle to be mm -hmm. an artist in general. And then in particular, I would say an artist who is committed to using their art uh, to support their community, to amplify the voices that are oftentimes um, silenced within many communities, uh, certainly communities of color within Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. um, and really, yeah, use their artistic passions and skill sets to advance justice. Right, right. And are so what's your I mean, are you an artist? You're you are you're a reverend. What what's your background? Yeah, I come from a, an interfaith family myself, mm -hmm. um, Jewish and Christian, and grew up in Germany actually, and attending an international school. Mm -hmm. So being in communities of difference is never easy, but it's familiar to mm -hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's probably the type of space where I feel most myself, even though I recognize inevitably I'm going to step on toes and have folks step on my toes right. and um, say things I shouldn't say mm -hmm. and don't mean. And there's always so much growth and so much to navigate within any community of difference. At the same time, that's been, yeah, a major I think motivation for me is seeing the beauty and the need of those types of spaces. Right. And that, again, is not to by any means exclude the value of having spaces where people are all praying in the same way, having mm -hmm. spaces where people are sharing similar experiences by virtue of the color of this their skin mm -hmm. um, or other ways in which, you know, power and oppression circulate in our society. Mm -hmm. So we always are very clear, like we're really supportive of those spaces as well. And the type of space we're trying to create through sanctuaries is a space where people are able to then come together across those various experiences and try and figure out how to do life together. Yeah, that's it's really interesting. I, I share that experience with you. We, we lived in Saudi Arabia when I was mm, a, a child, yes. and so I attended an international school as well. And so I just wonder if, the, if there is something with certain experiences that you have in childhood where there's that, I, I feel that same sense of wanting to be in community where I'm bringing different perspectives together and kind of having a richer experience. So it's just interesting. I think that there are some similarities in, in our paths and, and what the Sanctuaries is doing and, and kind of in a sister way or a different way, what Convergence is doing. So that's, it's just fascinating to hear your story. I appreciate that. And, and I, I will say for myself, one of the key ingredients that I found helpful in showing up fully and accountably in um, communities of difference is what my co-director, Omni Glover, would describe as a willingness to teach and remain teachable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I do think that that's something that I have had to learn mm -hmm. over the years mm -hmm. is that I just don't know a lot of things. Right. And the things I do know uh, may look very different from a different life experience. Right. And so um, I think, yeah, within sanctuaries too, I mean, people choose to be part of the community, I think, with the recognition that they have valuable things to teach, and also, though, with the real hunger or curiosity or something that is opening them up mm -hmm. to the possibility of growing by virtue of sharing stories with and getting to collaborate with people they probably otherwise would never get a chance yeah. to meet. Yeah, yeah. 
I find that to be such a, a need to, from an artistic standpoint, when you're talking about artists in a space that has some sort of religious connection in whatever, to to invite them in as teachers or with the expectation, that's been a big part of our kind of our posture is, yes, we are a faith community and we hope that we have something to offer you in the form of hospitality and care and, you know, spiritual resources if you're interested in that. But we are entering this expecting to learn and get out of this relationship as much as, you know, we would have to offer that there's so much that we need to grow and, and for us 12 years ago to kind of say we need to bring the arts back into this space called church and heal this broken leg that's you know needed some attention for a really long time and and i i find that that makes all the difference in connecting with people we having that posture of not just openness but but requesting that i i want to learn from you i expect that i can absolutely yeah I, we've certainly found that the clearer we get about as a community, what we do and what we don't do. Yeah. Rather than trying to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it's taken us time. I mean, it's been a process of deep discernment as a community. Mm -hmm. Who are we really right now? What are yeah. we called to right now? What is needed right now? Yeah. Washington, D.C. has changed dramatically over the last five, six, seven years. Yeah. So, too, has our calling as a community. Um, and yet, when we are clear about who we are and what we're called to, then we're able to be in real deep partnership with other folks who are clear yeah. about their role in this thing. Yeah. And we've certainly found that that has been a way to be in right relationship and to build collective power. Mm, because mm -hmm. in my opinion, it's no one organization, no one community, mm. no one neighborhood, no one institution that is gonna solve all this on their own. We right. really need to do it together. Yeah. And yet to do it together with integrity requires clarity. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I hear that <laughs> and I need to hear that. I mean, there's encouragement there because we too are constantly, you know, it feels like I'm always saying, well, we're in transition, sure. you know, and kind of arriving at this place of being, okay, well, that's normal. That's where we should be, you know, mm. that constant discernment. And I'm with you that it takes time. It takes a lot of time. But the clarity piece is so, so important to mm. understand what you can and can't. And that's part of where this whole project for us is who are we at this point yes. and how can we best serve people in the in the kind of the movement and the shape of what we see happening so on that note of clarity so what what is the sanctuaries at this point is it it's not a church is it a faith organization is it an arts institution is it a collective is it a what is it yeah it's a great question or do you define that um yeah, we really, I, I think what might be helpful, I, I mean, I can give you, you know, the, the pitch, <laughs> but I think more interesting even is understanding a little bit the trajectory of how we got to where we are today. Sure. And, um, and that is always in process. Um, but as I briefly mentioned, we really started as a community um, 
similar to and yet distinct from what you might typically associate with a an arts collective. Okay. We were coming together, yes, in order to pool resources, yes, in order to create and build and do things together. We were also coming together to support each other emotionally mm. and spiritually, mm-hmm. um, self-care and collective care. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is word got out <laughs> in two ways. First, word got out amongst lots of different artists and creative folks um, from lots of different backgrounds, um, folks who were deeply religious and deeply committed to specific traditions and lots of different traditions. Mm. And we're saying, I love being part of my synagogue, or I love being part of my mosque, or I love being part of my gudwara. And I can't fully express myself artistically there, or I can, and yet still I would like another space where I can do that that feels different. Right. Um, we also, of course, had many, many folks who didn't identify with any particular tradition, um, but were clearly committed to building a life of meaning and purpose, mm. some of whom had been burned by religion, mm-hmm. some of whom were bored by religion, <laughs> right. um, and some of whom valued religion and yet still didn't find themselves mm-hmm. practicing in, in, we'll say, more traditional ways. And so that was an interesting part of our journey as a community that happened very organically is just all of these people from all of these different backgrounds as it relates to faith mm-hmm. um, said, I want to be part of this. I want to help build it. And in my experience, a community is the people who are part of it. Mm-hmm. So every addition, every story, every perspective that came into the community shaped the community in a new way. Yeah. The second thing that happened is word got out amongst a lot of the local organizers who were working and continue to work in really powerful ways in lots of different communities across issues, across populations in D.C. and said, you know, we're working with all of these folks and you as artists actually come from these communities. You Mm -hmm. actually reflect the demographics of the folks that we're organizing with. Um, how do we work together? Like you understand how to visualize a thing mm-hmm. or how to put a thing into words um, yeah. or how to create a hip hop song that actually speaks the cultural language of these communities. And we haven't found artists or at least found a community or an organization where you get so many different artists from so many mm-hmm. different backgrounds. I'll just give a quick example is we were working on um, a kind of immigrant justice and workers rights issue. And uh, our partner came to us and said, you know, we have a lot of kind of English messaging, but two of our largest kind of subgroups within the community that we organize are Amharic speaking and Arabic speaking. Is there anything that Hmm. we could do to connect with those populations? And we realized, oh, yeah, we have artists that are Arabic speaking. We have artists who are Amharic speaking. And immediately we can activate them to create uh, messaging and create visuals and create Mm. things that just feel resonant and relevant and grounded in that experience. So 
I'll keep it short, but effectively, those were the two things that happened. Lots of artists got excited and wanted to get involved, and lots of partners, at that time, they were prospective partners, yeah. but heard about what we were doing and said, we really want to work with your artists. Wow. And that really launched us on this exciting and terrifying and <laughs> overwhelming journey where within a matter of years, we went from doing kind of open mics with 20 or 30 folks to working on six-month, year-long, $30,000 grant-funded projects yeah. with major anchor arts institutions, major national social movements. And that, that really changed the community. Mm -hmm. We lost things um, in that process. Mm. We lost, to some extent, I think, the ability to just hang out and create together mm -hmm. for the fun of creating. Right. Um, at the same time, we really gained the opportunity to, to make impact on a major scale. Right. And so that was, of course, very energizing, as was the fact that we were able increasingly to generate money to compensate our mm -hmm. artists um, in more equitable ways for the incredible talent mm -hmm. that they bring to this mm -hmm. thing. So that's a, a long and winding way of saying, um, really, we, we've gotten to the point where we retain that deep sense of community, um, the importance and the centrality of relationships. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we really are about training and equipping and preparing artists who oftentimes don't have a background in working with partners in mm -hmm. this way may not have had extensive experience doing grassroots community organizing um, or doing public advocacy to really develop innovative art space strategies yeah. um, to make that work more impactful and more equitable and more accessible in particular to younger audiences mm -hmm. of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean that's a huge scope for for what what that's a a lot to chew, <laughs> but it's very exciting because I think it is putting artists exactly in in the space for uh, and in the role that that the arts were designed for to have that kind of conversation. And I I I am very interested in the fact that you are engaging in that training on how to do that well. And one of the things that uh, the How We Gather reports mentioned was kind of this idea that instead of going broad, oops, and I take, <laughs> just drop the water. Sorry about that. Um, what the How We Gather reports mentioned was that you go, instead of, I, I imagine, kind of trying to build a mass of people, of going deep and building deep community and deep leadership, what does that look like? I mean, you're talking about training for being able to do the work and and kind of community as a group of people kind of united in mission. But there is also this this spiritual overlaying or undergirding, which I think is kind of unique in, in my opinion. It, it I don't know whether it's just me, but I, I feel like there has been a little bit of uh, wariness uh, towards especially institutional religion, but but even towards um, even towards spirituality, even when I, when we were first starting out talking, I, I would have conversations. I remember a conversation with a poet who was Jewish uh, and went to temple, but 
he did not feel like there was space for him to talk about his poetry within that arena or vice versa. He would not talk about his spiritual life within his poet circles. So we became this weird place where it was okay to be both parts of these self, of yourself. So for you to embrace that as part that that seem feels to me kind of unique. What what does that look like and how do you do that especially with such a variety of faith perspectives and backgrounds? Um, that resonates deeply, and and that certainly is a narrative that we hear uh, quite often in terms of folks, you know, using the language of "I can finally be my full self" or yes. "show up as my full self here," yeah, and bring these different parts of my life together. Right. Um, so much of what we do is probably as simple as permission giving. Yes. The word that comes to mind for me that I would use as it relates to training um, is really formation. Mm -hmm. And I say that because in our training programs, um, yes, we equip people with um, language and skills and historical context for cultural organizing, mm -hmm. arts-based strategies, and all of this, and that's really important. And at least half of it is about the deep personal work of understanding our own social and spiritual location, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what grounds us, what guides us, um, what practices, what sacred practices right. honestly allow us to show up mm -hmm. in a healthy way, oftentimes in very toxic mm -hmm. environments, mm -hmm. oftentimes in communities where there is generational trauma at play. Mm -hmm oftentimes in very antagonistic settings mm -hmm. that are kind of ridden with conflict and confrontation. And all of that um, is there. And it's challenging, I know, in my experience to show up in as a kind of non-anxious, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just spiritually centered presence yeah. in the midst of all that. That takes real work. That yeah. takes real formation. Now, how you get about doing that can take many forms. Mm -hmm. And I'm certainly not going to say that it's always easy, nor that it's always clear um, to do that in a community that is as spiritually and religiously diverse as ours. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, I, I often say I, I find myself coming to the realization that I am more similar and more different than mm -hmm. someone mm -hmm. uh, than I initially expected. Mm -hmm. um, and so there is a lot of, oh yeah, across these different traditions, um, we may say different words, um, we may use different references, we may use different postures, and yet um, the practices are oftentimes pretty mm -hmm. similar. Mm -hmm. And those differences are also important. Mm -hmm. So we really try to hold space for both of those. Yeah. And there's no magic formula for how to do that. Um, I think probably one of the things that we have discovered over the years through trial and error that has worked pretty well is creating space where people can be sharing with each other. And mm -hmm. that maybe is a difference than a more traditional spiritual community mm -hmm. in that my role as Rev is certainly to offer some of the tools and 
skills that I have cultivated through my, you know, graduate studies and right. my own formation um, in ministry, and yet not to suppose that I am the definitive answer here. Right. And I remember just a quick anecdote. Um, as part of our training program, we invite each of the artists who's participating to kind of facilitate a sacred practice mm. um, from their own tradition and tradition understood broadly. It can be their religious tradition, it can be their cultural tradition, mm -hmm. it can be their family tradition, and invite others to try that on and mm -hmm. see how it fits. Always with the understanding that if someone doesn't feel comfortable, they can sit this one out and just right. be a present witness to it. Mm -hmm. um, but I remember one of the artists um, shared um, the Fatiha, which is the opening of mm -hmm. the Quran, and recited that um, and invited people just, again, in, in Arabic. Um, so there were many folks who maybe didn't understand all of the words. Mm -hmm. But um, to just allow that to kind of wash over you. Mm -hmm. And many people afterwards, you know, said to something to that effect, I could feel the power and the meaning of these words, even if I didn't mm -hmm. understand their literal meaning. Even more powerful, in my opinion, was what that artist shared afterwards, mm -hmm. which was this was the first time that she had ever shared something so deep and so near to her heart mm. in a non-Muslim setting. Wow. And so that was its own form of affirmation mm -hmm. that, in my estimation, has a deeply sacred quality to right, it. Right, right. So creating spaces for people to do that mm -hmm. um, and to open, you know, Oftentimes it's talked about, you know, interfaith dialogue or like there's so much focus on conversation. Mm. Conversation has its place. Mm -hmm. I find, though, so much is communicated that doesn't necessarily have to take the form of you and I sitting down yep. and having <laughs> a yep. dialogue. Yeah. Um, it can be as simple and as powerful as me reciting something from my tradition mm. or me painting something. Um, or me dancing or using movement to communicate something with you yeah. um, that really can move both of us. Yeah. So that is the way that I understand um, depth. Mm. Um, it takes time to build trust that allows someone to share something that is so deep to them yeah. and to put it out there. Um, and to trust others to hear it and receive it with the intention that it was shared, mm. given so often the way that religion has been wielded um, to make a lot of people feel very uncomfortable. Mm. Certainly, discomfort is okay. And in <laughs> communities of difference, there will be discomfort. And yet, there's a way in which I think there's almost like a healthy discomfort yeah. and an unhealthy discomfort. Right. And again, it just takes time, in my experience, to build the relationships, to build the confidence within myself, and to create the type of environment or container where that depth of personal work can happen, where that formation can happen. Yeah. Um, that's why it's hard to do that in a day-long training. It's hard to do right. that in a week-long training. Right. Honestly, it's hard to do that in a year or even two. <laughs> I mean, this is, you know, yeah. th this is multi-generational work, right. honestly. Right. And there's still an amazing amount that can be accomplished when we set ourselves to this over yeah. the course of 
weeks and months and years. Yeah, yeah. And does that, I mean, does that take a particular shape for you? I mean, is there, are there regular meetings or you're connected to a specific group of people or is it based around the work? How, how does that play out for you? It's changed a lot over the years. We've always, as a community said, um, model should follow mission mm. and not the other mm -hmm. way around. Mm -hmm. um, it, it looks all of those forms. So our training programs um, have been much more structured and mm -hmm. there's a commitment to gather regularly and folks are not only you know, kind of in the classroom learning, but directly applying that and learning in the field as well, working on projects with different grassroots organizations and mm -hmm. different partners. Um, and then folks are kind of coming in and out of that program. So not every artist chooses to be part of that program. There are other ways to connect and be involved in the community, um, community-wide gatherings, opportunities for folks also to, uh, you know, kind of pitch projects to each other, to galvanize support mm. for visions that they have, things they want to be working on, as well as all of the partnerships that we have mm -hmm. yield their own invitations. And right. so at any mm. given moment in time, we've got a handful of different projects that we're working on, and the small groups tend to form around those. So it very much is um, a kind of project-based approach to community formation paired with a more formal training setting, paired with a kind of routine and rhythm to community life. Yeah. I, th I think that capacity to bring all of that together so that it is it is action oriented, not just, you know, about my own personal growth and healing, which is important, but for that to then translate into directly into the lives of others and to the larger community. Yeah. And I, I would name too, and I, I think this is important for folks um, to be honest with themselves about, um, is that's not for everyone. So we have definitely had hmm. artists whom, you know, just incredible people and deeply devoted to this work um, who have said, I, I want a bit of an escape. I'm doing this work in other contexts uh, most of my day. Uh, yeah. I don't want to deal with that. I want to go to heal. I want to go to, you know, doodle. I want to go just to, to catch my breath. Mm -hmm. And while we certainly have tried over the years to maintain spaces for that and certainly encourage folks. And, and again, that does um, manifest in different ways. Um, we found that as a community, we've moved more towards that action orientation. Yeah. And so some folks that were really energized around, you know, taking a deep breath um, have said, I love what y'all are doing. I need to step back. Mm -hmm. This isn't feeding me maybe in the way it did. Yeah. Similarly, folks that said, I really want to get engaged in a deeper way in this work. I don't just want to sit around and kind of share, you know, inspiration with each other. I, yeah. I want to be on the ground doing it, have said, well, it took you long enough, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We've been, I've been waiting for you. And yeah. now that, you know, I can get connected and, uh, work on this national march or mm -hmm. get connected and work on this big project. Um, I'm ready to rock and roll now. So, yeah. you know, that's a big piece of community that I have learned through this is that people need to make um, thoughtful choices for themselves about what they need at any given point in time, how they can be well, mm. and 
God willing, stay connected to the community in some form. So yeah. I can make the choice to step back and still stay connected, or I can make the choice to really dive in mm -hmm. head first and kind of carry the work forward for a period of time. And then I may need to take another you know, step mm -hmm. back. So it's there is an ebb and flow to this. It's always in flux. That yeah. I think is the nature of community. Certainly that's the nature of my life. Yeah. So I would imagine it's the, you know, how most people go through life. Yeah. I think there's so much wisdom in in what you're saying. We early on we used sort of three words as as our focal point of healing, development, and action. Mm. But it felt like the people that were connecting with us were mainly looking for the healing. And and we reflected on our language and how we talked about things and and realized that that really was what we were putting off out there. Mm. And I think and part of that was was understanding um the need for healing within the community Absolutely. that we were reading and and wanting to to um, create space to to be whole and to be that, that you can be who you completely are, but then found it difficult to move into that, you know, development that leads to action. And I think not just for us, but I hear this talking to other people in churches, that that's a struggle I think um, religious organizations come up against frequently is we get used to, a congregation gets used to what is feeding me and that becomes what I want to participate in. And when it becomes about something, you know, me putting out in that way, I think, I guess what I'm saying is your way of, of kind of choosing, okay, this is a very valid thing, but this is what the organization needs to be about. And it's understandable if you don't want to be about that, you can, you know, the doors are still open, um, but this is really where we are being called. Um, I, I think there's wisdom in in just kind of calling it what it is, naming it and and taking those steps in that direction as opposed to having, I don't know, too much angst over not meeting felt needs. You know, be, I guess, sorry, I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go along, <laughs> you know, just uh, figuring out what are the the needs that we as a community are called to recognizing that, not every need is a call. Um, yeah. That's that's just a really great example, I think. Yeah, I, I certainly, I would imagine that most of our leaders and most of the artists involved would say that the hope is to integrate these things. Sure, sure. Um, so that healing can happen within and alongside action and action should come from a place of wellness and, and healing um, and in practicality, all of those things take a lot of time and effort. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, in a way, it, it's it's the blessing and the burden, I think, as sacred communities or spiritual communities, there's so many different ways we could show up mm. and so many different things that we have to offer and so many different things we have to learn. And so, um, yeah, we really don't try to be everything to everyone at every moment in time. Mm -hmm. And it's taken time to get to a point where I know for myself where I'm okay with that. That's yeah. different than how I was formed and shaped yeah. and taught. Yeah. Um, and yet, it's I've just seen the fruit of that. Mm. And I I should also note, um, for me at least, the way I look at it, to be clear about our limitations, 
um, is also an invitation to get clear about how we need to be in relationship and in partnership with others. Mm -hmm. So it's not enough for me to say, well, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm, I think right. the more interesting question is, we're not doing that. Who else is doing that? Is there a possibility to be in mm. right relationship with them? Yeah. So that when, I mean, for a whole variety of reasons, um, but one concrete one being when an artist comes and says, I really want to do X, Y, and Z, and we're pretty clear, we don't do X, Y, and Z. Right. We can also say, but this other partner that we have right. does do X, Y, and Z. Get connected with them, right? Like, how do we champion you um, a bit from afar, even if you're not rocking with us? You're in this work. You're you're in this calling. Um, And so releasing that need for territorialism, releasing Mm -hmm. that need, you know, obviously there are real pressures and there are real motivations um, that any organization or institution is going to have for you know, be v- being very appealing and getting as many <laughs> bodies as possible right. and oftentimes many as many checkbooks as possible. Right. Let's be real about what yeah. oftentimes motivates us. Um, but yeah, we've really found that, um, and that also goes to the depth over breadth, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to sell short the fact that base building and mobilization is really important. Um, and, you know, we, we certainly have worked hard to organize hundreds and hundreds of artists. And mm-hmm. so, you know, numbers can be helpful mm. to some extent. And yet, at the end of the day, we could have, you know, 500 artists, all of whom are have pretty shallow relationships with each other and are kind of loosely committed but unclear about their commitment to the work. Yeah. Or we could have five that have been building that trust for years and are very clear about their capacity and what issues they work on. And we could have so much greater impact right. with the five than the 500. Yeah. And I think that's part of the discernment too. Of course, there are many ways to measure impact. So based on how we understand impact, we I, I think our preference is always to rock with folks that are clear about who they are, um, how they're showing up in this work, how they're working with each other, and what they're going to work on. Hmm. Yeah. Again, that clarity you're talking about all the way down the line. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm really excited when you're talking about being able to collaborate. I, I feel like I'm seeing more and more that there is this movement awakening among artists and those that that want to support artists in the work that they do. But but also from uh, the perspective of culture care, of, of soulful um, pouring into culture and creating a, a different narrative for what culture could be, should be, is supposed to be, what it means to be human, which is vital at this moment. I think it's been coming for a very long time, but it's it's exciting to see that the the embers are, are burning. There's some stuff that's starting to take light. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because for a long time we really positioned ourselves as, you know, the kind of cultural organizers, arts-based um, organizing, advocacy, activist crew that was also spiritual or mm. also valued the sacred. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, there was some turning point that happened. I'm not sure I can pinpoint the exact moment, but kind of we came to realize that I think someone asked, well, can you really do this work without that? 
And we said to ourselves, in our experience, no. Interesting. Understanding it can take many different forms. But without tending to the spirit, I, I, I would never say you, it's impossible to do the work. I'm sure people are. Mm. In our experience, though, to do the work in a place, out of a place of wellness, out of a place of grounding, out of a place of attentiveness to relationship, um, to questions of equity, mm -hmm. to questions of accountability, to questions of how we enter communities and exit communities, power sharing, um, privilege, in my experience, and I think in the experience of our community, um, that has to have some sacred rooting in it. Mm. And so increasingly, we just mm. came to name and claim that and said, you know, we don't need to do so much branding and so much positioning as kind of, oh, those folks who are really into all the spiritual stuff. We said, no, we're doing this work. And yeah. we understand that in order to do this work, there has to also be these ingredients. Yeah, And I think that was a very empowering moment for all of us, even as it continues to confound some folks, of yeah. course. And yet in so many of the organizing and kind of activist circles that I'm part of, um, you know, and uh, there there is a lot of conversation around healing, conversation around wellness. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's always been there. I think that's yeah. so important to name too. Like what we're doing is not new. It may take a new shape or a new form, or we may have new language to talk about it, maybe branded in new ways. Mm -hmm. In my understanding of the history of organizing and social change in this country, um, there have always been the healers. Mm -hmm. There have always been the caretakers. Yeah. There have always been um, the artists. There yeah. have always been the preachers. There have always been people inhabiting all of these different roles and finding a way to do it together. Mm -hmm. So we're just trying to, you know, kind <laughs> of, yeah, I guess reimagine that for our time, yeah. carry on that long legacy. And I think it's important to name that in the midst of, all of the excitement around innovation and entrepreneurship sure. and all of that's great. But um, ancestors on ancestors on ancestors have been doing this work mm. in this way. Yeah. But, you know, I think that that reconnecting of the spiritual and the artistic is something that, in my opinion, is part of what's led to the cultural breakdown of the last 30 years, I guess, 20 years. Um and I could get into all of them, <laughs> but I, I this is one of my hopes, and and has been a part of my my ministry is wanting to to reconnect, especially because I come from a, a Christian faith tradition, to to bring those people into conversation with artists. I mean, I'm a I'm an actor. That was my my background, and I wound up in seminary for a variety of reasons. And and in that space, I was like, I I get all of this over here and all of this over here because I have these two two set frameworks, they're not meant to be separate from one another. There are, and I think that the Something More reports were kind of alluding to this, you know, within religious traditions, within faith communities, there is training and a long, long ancient history of practice and, you know, and discerning and struggling and, and being in community around faith and spiritual things and things of great importance, you know, the existential questions of what it means to be human. And at the same time, artists have also been, 
you know, struggling with, wrestling with, uh, trying to express and go deeper with those existential questions. And they have a skill set for doing that that is is essential because like you said, not everything comes down to a conversation or an intellectual exercise. There are things you just can't speak in that way. Um, so bringing those two things together and then over time also seeing, you know, arts movement with art, art as social practice or community engagement. These artists have been working for a long time to develop best practices. And like you talked about how to go into communities and do this well and work with and not you know, on top of. And that I think would be a really interesting conversation and lesson for churches who are interested in doing outreach and connecting and trying to make an impact on the world, but are just, it's just feels like it's off a little bit, especially right now. And, and so I just, I have this hope. I feel like there's an opportunity to bring these two worlds together to, to hold each other in a really, really positive way and make a much much better impact together than separately. I love that. And I will say something potentially provocative, which is that in my experience of more traditional religious community, I think artists, um, especially artists in multicultural collaborative community, um, challenge a lot of the dominant, and I would argue oftentimes unhealthy practices mm -hmm. in those institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, and whenever I'm challenged, I I respond in lots of different ways. <laughs> I want to believe I'm receptive and open-minded and open-hearted. I know I can also become defensive. Sure. And so um, I think there is tremendous possibility. Um, early on, I remember when I, I was talking with a number of um, kind of the early leaders and you know, of course, I'd been trained to preach. I loved right. preaching. <laughs> and I said, all right, crew, how about we gather every so often and I can like preach? And they're like, man, Rev, like, we love you, <laughs> but we really don't want, like, that's not how we want knowledge and mm. understanding and theological reflection yeah. to circulate in this community. We value what you have to say. And we want to hear your experience. We also want to share our own experiences, yeah. right? So challenging kind of, in many cases, how we think about authority. Mm -hmm. um, challenging the oftentimes passive mm -hmm. um, spectator yep. sport form of religious community. Yep. That's something else that a lot of folks find pretty off-putting initially about our yeah. community. Like, <laughs> you are invited to be a co-creator and not mm. just a consumer. Yeah. And co-creation can take many forms. I'm not saying you have to, you know, be in in the midst of it, you know, sharing all of your poetry and all of your illustrations <laughs> all of the time or acting all of the time, but there is an expectation that you don't just show up and get to consume what other people are putting out yeah. and not contribute anything yourself. Mm -hmm. That challenge is certainly some forms of more traditional religious community mm -hmm. I've experienced, right? Yeah. And on and on and on. I mean, we can talk about, you know, even in kind of art making, challenging some of these white dominant um, practices and values of perfectionism. Mm. I think artists by and large understand that a piece of work is never fully finished. Yeah. It's never perfect. Um, and yeah, there are just ways, I mean, just even learning how to, 
collaborate and work together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exactly what you were saying. It requires people to drop below the mind. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a place for mm-hmm. intellectual exercises and those types of conversation. Pretty hard to create art collaboratively without mm-hmm. some of that. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a lot of heart work. There's a lot of soul work. And that yeah. can be scary. And that can bring up a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not for the faint of heart right. or spirit. <laughs> But I, I do think that, um, you know, for for any kind of more traditional congregation that's listening, um, in my experience, the arts, uh, the arts are already there, I'm sure, in mm-hmm. some form, mm-hmm. to really center them and to invite them to come forward and to manifest and to express themselves in their way. Yeah. Not setting limitations on how they can look <laughs> right. that further... Um, you know, kind of perpetuates certain dominant structures, but say arts, how can we grow with you? How can you change us? How can you, uh, yeah, kind of challenge us? Mm -hmm. I think that can be an incredibly exciting journey. Yeah, yeah. And yet it's a courageous journey. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100% with you. And that's a big part of our experimentation is figuring out how how to do that and constantly reinventing what that looks like for us. What what how if if um, churches or faith organizations or just organizations people in the DC area wanted to support the sanctuaries or connect or collaborate, what what is the invitation there? Yeah, much as you said kind of, you know, communities in general, and, and I think in particular the types of communities that we're nurturing mm-hmm. are, are always in flux and in transition, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're definitely in, in that moment as well. Um, so, you know, there are the ways that it looked a year ago and the ways it will probably look a year from right. now. I, I think the I way- I can't tell you how much comfort I find in that. <laughs> Yeah, to me, it's just honest, right? Um, And so, no, we don't want to reinvent the wheel every Mm -hmm. day or every week. That's extremely tiring. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet, there has to to be an accountability to the changing nature of context and the changing nature of just who's in the community. So there is going to be an inevitable um, shifting and and so on and so forth. Um, all of this is to say, I think what's most important um, for anyone who hears this and is excited about learning more um, is to start building a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know that's on us too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know we have our social media um, and Facebook, Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. um, those are ways to start to get a sense mm-hmm. of what we're working on. Yeah. Um, and start to, you know, see some of the faces and hear some of the sounds. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, uh, you know, our website too. I think that's a great way using kind of these digital platforms mm-hmm. to start to understand in a deeper way. I'm just one voice. I'm just one experience in this right. community. And I think what those platforms allow us to do is to showcase the multiplicity of experiences and voices. Yeah. So, that's the spirit with which I would invite folks yeah. to kind of check those platforms out. Mm-hmm. On our website, we have, um, you know, different kind of trajectories for folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, people who are artistic themselves and would be excited about getting connected, there's a way to, I think it's signing up for 
um, are indicating interest in this. Um, certainly, if there are organizations that have specific projects that mm. they would love to work with us on, mm -hmm. um, there's a way for them to indicate that as well. Um, and, you know, to also name too, like we, we as a community are in a place of real discernment right now. Mm. And so I very much anticipate that the way we look a year from now is going to be different than the way we look yeah. now. Um, and I think that's in response to the fact that looking back on the past seven years, uh, we feel we've accomplished a lot mm -hmm. in activating all of these artists, getting them civically engaged, um, supporting their formation, yeah. allowing them to build these relationships. And as we look forward, we're really trying to figure out what is the best um, format to continue this work at the highest level of integrity and impact. Yeah, and so you know we're we're imagining lots of different futures, um, yeah. and we'll commit to one pretty soon too. <laughs> um, but that that is simply to say again. Um, in my experience, this work is first and foremost about relationships. So mm -hmm. the you know the format can look different. The model can look different. The nature of how we are in relationship can look mm, different. Mm -hmm. And I hope it will. Um, I hope that will continue to ebb and flow. Um, and yet that commitment to being in relationship, mm. uh, that's the spirit I would also invite others who are interested in yeah. getting to know our work, um, coming with that yeah, open-heartedness and that desire to learn a little bit more who we are mm -hmm. and to also be willing to share more who they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to talk. I, I feel um, so glad to know that you are just over the river. And I, I hope that this is the beginning of Convergence's relationship, my relationship with the sanctuaries, because I, I feel like there is... Um, so much that we have in common in kind of the things that are pulling on our hearts and and also that desire to discern what is the best way that we can be of service in the world, given the resources and the giftings and everything that we have. Um, so hopefully there are ways that, that we can support each other in that. Well received, yeah. And I, I guess I would just, for anyone listening, I hope a, a message that folks would take away um, along those lines is very much, I think, a, a core unspoken um, but hopefully practiced commitment that we have in our community, which is that that you are enough. Mm. So you're, the passions that you have, mm. um, the fact that you, you know, tried uh, dancing when you were in ninth grade and had a wonderful time doing it and have put it on the side and are a little scared to get back into it because mm. you may not be quote unquote good enough mm. or as good as you were or you move differently now yeah. or whatever it may be. Just the invitation to, to, to lean into that mm. and to give yourself permission um, to draw forth the incredible uh, wisdom that sits in your body and mm. the wisdom that um, is wrapped up in your life experience, mm. um, to share that with others, to be open to learning with and from others, and yeah, just to start doing it again, or if you're already doing it, to continue to do it. Yeah. There's, I know for me, um, that there's, there are so many voices that say you have to wait until. Mm. And I hope that, you know, certainly what we found in our community is, you know, taking that leap of faith mm. to say now is the time. Yeah. 
that is a, a, a liberating and uh, soul nourishing mm. choice. Yeah. Um, and it's a courageous one. Yeah. Thank you for those words. <laughs> So if if people want to find uh, the sanctuaries, it's uh, thesanctuaries.org? That's correct. Thesanctuaries.org right. is a great place. And uh, on Facebook and Instagram, we're at Sanctuaries DC. Great. Um, but you can Google it. You'll find it. The yeah. Sanctuaries, it's plural. Uh, we are, <laughs> and, and that was intentional. We didn't want to just be uh, one place mm -hmm. or one sanctuary. Yeah, But the I think idea was that we can all be sanctuaries unto each other. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Um, I hope that you will check out the virgnow.org website so that you can catch up on other podcasts if you haven't had a chance to listen to everything in this fabulous series on gathering. Um, we have, I think, about three or four podcasts so far, and we have several more conversations coming up looking at these questions from a variety of perspectives. And as we are exploring our questions here at Convergence, hopefully they're helpful to you. And I would love to hear your questions as well and your feedback and your responses. So send me an email at lsmith at ourconvergence.org so that we can start a conversation and I will ask your questions as they come up as well. So um, please stay tuned and uh, we'll talk to you again soon.